everybody. Welcome to another episode of Who Invited Her. We are San Diego's LGBTQ pop culture podcast. I am your host, Tony. And I'm Rob. <laughs> yes, you guys, it's only Robbie and I today. <laughs> all of the everybody else is in quarantine or we're all stuck at home. So we're trying to figure out how we're going to get everybody together via Skype and all of that. But for this show, I'm super excited for Robbie. We've been talking about it, me and you. Mm-hmm. We have a really, really, really special guest coming on in a couple minutes who I'm super excited to talk to. Um, if you guys are fans of Straight Talk with Ross Matthews, you know her from there. It's Nikki Boyer we have coming on, and she's going to be talking about her podcast, Dying for Sex, which um, I listened to in its complete completeness. Um, a few like last week and this week, and oh my god, it is so good! It's a, such a good, well put together show. And you, Rob, you know how much I listen to podcasts. Oh yeah, how you're judgmental. A... I yes. <laughs> and Nikki Boyer and her friend Molly Cochin, and it's about um, Molly's. Ad- she gets diagnosed with stage four breast cancer, and it's terminal. So she decides to go on the sexual adventures um, after leaving her husband because she was in a happy marriage and just living life her way. And it's her story of how how she lives her life through sex and all of these sexers. <laughs> but the podcast is a lot more than that. Like Nikki said on the interview, you guys will hear, it's like an onion and it is so good. So we're going to get into that with Nikki in a bit. Um, but we will be back next week for sure. Everybody's going to be here. We're going to figure out how we're going to do <laughs> do this so we can give you um, you guys a regular show. So we'll probably also do a couple mini episodes just to give you guys stuff to listen to. And also on YouTube, we're going to probably put some videos of us doing stuff too on our YouTube, which is Who Invited Her podcast. Um, and we have one, a preview of the episode we did with Jenny um, a couple weeks ago on there. It's just a little clip if you guys want to check that out but um right now we're gonna get into the interview with nikki boyer and we will see you guys after the interview yay yay (laughs) hey guys by now you've all heard us talk about the hillcrest social app where you can not only listen to your weekly dose of who invited her but you can also find out what's going on in the san diego hillcrest neighborhood well, we just want to let you know that the Hillcrest Social app is now called Hashtag Now Trending, and it has even more LGBTQ plus content like Palm Springs Pride, Bear World Magazine, Gadio, and Rage Magazine, plus all kinds of out-at events across California and beyond, with even more coming soon. The Hashtag Now Trending app has over 15,000 users scrolling through events, businesses, and resources. With Who Invited Her in the Hashtag Now Trending app, you'll always have pride in your pocket. Hey everybody, we're back from break, and today we have a very special guest on the phone that I'm super excited to talk to. It's Nikki Boyer from the Dying for Sex podcast, the Ross Matthew Straight Talk podcast, and you've seen her. She's an actress, podcaster, all over the place. She is here talking with us today. Hey, Nikki. Hi. Oh my gosh. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, I just did the hi. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so well, first, it's funny when you hear Ross do that so often, I you know, kind right? of feel it on accident. Like I don't mean to steal it from him, but it just comes out of my mouth. Hi. 
So I first became familiar with you through the Ross uh, Matthews podcast because I've listened to Straight Talk um, before it was even Straight Talk when he was with um, Josh Wolf. That's when I started listening. Right. Way back You're an OG. Yep. <laughs> and, and when you joined the cast like permanently on there from the beginning, it was such a joy. But his that show oh, is just thanks. taken off like knowing other um knowing other fans other straight talkers it's definitely a community <laughs> um especially going Isn't to it the, the best yes oh, it is no. no matter like where we go robbie and i and we go to different of your guys's live events for straight talk it's oh we always see the same people always the same straight talkers oh, and I everybody love it. It yeah it's like a family so yeah is. i love that so everybody that knows um knows i'm religious about podcasts i listen to a shitload of them. I always have. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I love shitloads. <laughs> and so you have a new podcast that came out not too long ago, Dying for Sex. And right off the bat, I got to say, I've listened to a lot. And this is one of the best ones I've listened to in a really long time. <laughs> I'm Nikki Boyer. And when my best friend Molly was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer, she decided to do something bold. She left her husband of 15 years and embarked on a series of crazy sexual escapades. Like, I literally wanted to hump everything and everyone that I saw. <laughs> like, I was horny all the time. We thought her stories were so interesting, we decided to put them on tape. And, like, so we, like, go inside his house. And then he's, like, trying to get me to tickle him. And I'm like, okay. And, like, then I kind of realize I'm being backed into a tickle fetish. You know I'm cool. Well, I, first of all, I love that you listen. Thank you for taking the time and like really diving into the story. I appreciate that. Yeah. And for people who don't know, Dying for Sex, let, let people know kind of what the podcast is about. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's a six episode series um, and it's, uh, it's a little mini series about my friend Molly, who was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And when that happened, she decided to sort of take her life and her, you know, kind of in her own control. And she did something really bold and she left her marriage and she left her uh, home and she decided to go on a sexual journey to try to feel alive. Right. Yeah. Cause she thought that she felt that really sex for her was the antithesis to dying. So she went on hundreds of dates and met men and some women and did her thing and just sort of sexually explored and kind of healed some old wounds and really figured out who she is in the world. And then in that process, um, got really clear about what she wanted to leave behind and how she wanted to sort of, uh, end her journey on this earth. And you get to hear it for sort of without spoiling it. Right. But yeah. like you get to hear her journey from beginning to end. So yes, it is called dying for sex and it is about love and friendship and it's really fun. And then, you know, and then it takes this beautiful turn into this really deep place where she gets really honest with herself. And I think, um, I think her, she's just so open and, and loving and honest and messy, right? Like all yeah. of it, it's all of it. And I think um, it resonates with different people for different reasons. So oh, I hope you guys sure. take a listen, especially during the quarantine. I know. What else you going to do, <laughs> right? Yep. Well, when I first heard about the podcast and I read this description, I remember you talking about it on Straight Talk maybe a year or so before it actually mm -hmm. came to fruition. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like th like it or not. And then once it came out and mm -hmm. I... I was like, I'm going to buckle down and listen to it because 
of the cancer stuff and have gone through my own cancer journey, I was like, I don't know if I want to revisit that and hear about cancer again. Right, yeah. Um, But for somebody who, like me, who had cancer, went through it, went through their own thing with it, this is just, it's so fascinating to me here to hear Molly's story and her take on it. Her take on her personal journey with cancer and how she went through it. Because I think anybody who has gone through that has their own way of getting through it. Right. Well, I would love to ask you a question about that, actually, because I'm getting messages from people who've had their own journey with cancer. And I actually thought it might be a little, at first, maybe off-putting or, like you said, too much. I don't want to go there. So for you, like having gone through cancer, which I didn't even know that, by the way, so I'm so sorry you dealt with that. I was lucky. I got super lucky with it and very fortunate the way it turned out. But it's no joke. It really is no joke. Yeah, it's it's no. no When you see when you hear that word, I mean, you just never know what it holds for you, right? Like, you just don't know. So I'm so sorry you went through that. But but I'm curious, um, what was it that kind of kept you from wanting to listen? And what once you got in, what did you like about it? Um, You know, I'm like, this is my podcast now. I think for me, what it was is the word cancer, because I think once you go through it and I know talking to other people that have gone through cancer, whether they have know somebody or they did it themselves, especially people who go through it themselves, there's always that voice in the back of your head like it's going to come back or it's back. That's always in your head. And I think listening for me going into going hearing about her journey of cancer just reminds you like, yeah, that's still in your body somewhere, possibly. And it's kind of a trigger. But the way Molly's story, it just, it was totally not what I expected. Right. It was so good. Just hearing her version of it and her journey. And that's what I loved about the podcast is I think people may look at the title and the description and go, oh, I don't know. It's going to be a bunch of sex talk and this and that and I don't know right, if I want to right. hear about that, but it's totally, the podcast is totally not about that. <laughs> to me, it wasn't. Right. That's a good right. way of bringing people in, I think, with the sex, but it, the podcast is so much more than that. For me, it was. Well, thank you. No, and you know what? It's so much more than that for me, but when we first started recording it, Molly was pretty healthy, yeah. and we were going to do like two seasons of just sex, right? Let's just dig into the sex of it, yeah. and then eventually we were going to do a season about you know, my story and her story and friendship. We're going to weave all of these things in, but we recorded the first, you know, 10 episodes, which originally were 10. And then it was sort of truncated down until down to six episodes. Um, But what we didn't expect was for her to get so ill and her to be in the hospital and not be able to really record. And so what started off as this sort of um, sex in the city, you know, vibe of like two girls chatting about sex kind of took this really interesting turn. Like it turned when her life turned, right? Like Mm -hmm. we had to sort of pivot and decide what we were going to do with these recordings. And when I brought it to Wondery, which is the company that helped me produce it, they sort of helped me with my producers and my writers who are amazing, helped me shape this story into not just about the sex part, but about Molly's full life journey. And I think it was sort of unfolding and coming, coming to life in front of my eyes as well. So I don't, I don't know if I really, when we went into it, I don't know if Molly and I ever knew what was going to come of it, but what has come of it, I have to say, feels kind of magical. Like it feels like this beautiful story that's living on and on and on, which is exactly what Molly wanted. So I feel like it happened exactly the way it was supposed to. Whoever produced it, the writing, the production of it is amazing. You know, I wish I could give like a list 
thank you for that for saying that. They did such a freaking awesome job. Thank you. So I, how did you? I mean, I can't take credit for that, but listen to the credits. (laughs) Like, if you listen to the podcast, listen to the credits because all those motherfuckers that are listed are all important. There's like 15 people that worked on these episodes. So yes. How did you and Molly first meet? Um, we we met in an acting class. Uh, like 23 years ago, I think. Um, 23? I can't do math. I suck at math. Um, I'm not as bad as Bagsy Malone at math, FYI, though. I know, right? From Straight Talk. I'm not as With bad as him, but I'm pretty thing. bad. <laughs> but I love him. Um, we met in acting class like 20-something years ago yeah. in um, on Melrose Avenue, which is, you know, this you know Melrose in, in Hollywood, where you go to learn how to act and be an actress. And we were in... Um, or actually a really good acting studio. Uh, and we, we met in class and she did not like me when she first met me <laughs> um, because I was one of those needy actresses that wanted attention from everybody. And I think she was kind of more of a wallflower. And yeah. um, we met in acting class and we didn't really talk at first, but when we got paired up to do a scene and we had to rehearse on our own time. And I went to her apartment one day and we, um, we had this really twisted, weird sense of humor Uh, that we shared that I didn't really share with anybody out here in LA because, you know, you're afraid to show that weird part of yourself to new people. And then immediately I realized we were, we were very similar in so many ways, very different. You know, she's an upper East side, New York chick, and I'm a St. Louis, Missouri, you know, white trash chick. And we were kind of meeting in the middle here in LA. And, um, it kind of was interesting to see how our worlds matched up, but we were inseparable after that. I mean, she was really, a really wonderful friend through all the ups and downs of life. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things with the show is your guys' sense of humor, the dark side of it and how you approach the sub, the two subject matters of sex and death. I think the way you guys approach it with your humor um, makes it enjoyable. At least for me. it did. Thank you. Yeah. Um, where it made it more relatable where I'm like, okay, it doesn't have to be doom and gloom all the time when you talk about cancer or death or anything like that? You know, I love that you brought that up. I appreciate that because we didn't know how that would be received because sometimes people, you know, don't Mm -hmm. jive with your humor or they think it's disrespectful. But we were like, you know, let's just be us. Talk the way that we talk when we're in private and make jokes about it. And it was really our way of coping and our way of sort of managing the fear and the anxiety around, um, around her illness. Because, I mean, we laugh a lot and we... We joke a lot, but full disclosure, guys, like when I would drive her to the recordings of the podcast, I mean, there were many times where I didn't know if we'd make it there because she was so ill or we'd pull over because she couldn't hold in her food or what she'd eaten that morning. And like, it wasn't always pretty and it wasn't Mm -hmm. always fun, but we managed to to pull it together. Right. And, and to laugh through some of the scariness and the sadness. I mean, there was one time when, you know, she was in the hospital and she was really, really, really sick. And, um, and to the point where I didn't know if she was going to make it through the night and, you know, I'm kind of like cleaning her up and wiping Mm -hmm. her up and she couldn't use, I mean, just things where you're like, you're just in it with somebody. And she'd look at me and say things like, I'm pretty hot right now. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm fucking hot right now. And I'm like, you are so hot right now. And it's like, she always found a way to like, take it and spin it on its yeah. head to be like let's let's zoom out for a second and look how ridiculous this is right now like you're helping me change my diaper and i'm like i know this is so <laughs> fucked up but like we laughed our way through it and she just had this great way of um you know being very present with her feelings mm-hmm. and being very 
clear about what was going on, but also not taking herself too seriously, if that makes yeah. any sense. Oh, and no, it totally does. I totally, you can totally feel that in the show too. When did the concept of the, of the podcast come about? How did you guys decide to go, you know what? I want to, I want to put this in a podcast format and let's just do it. When did that start? Or how did that come about? Well, it's, Thanks for asking, because I love telling the story, because it was people in the business, people, I'm going to rephrase that, people that are not in the business think like, oh, that must have been like, oh, look, they just sat down and recorded, and here's a project like this. Oh, and it's not like that. Right? I know. It is so not like that, trust me. I know. Um, and not and not knocking them because they don't know. It's yeah. like I don't know how to do plumbing. I'm not going to pretend I know how to do electricity work. <laughs> like I'm not going to pretend. But like this business, this entertainment podcast business, it sounds like people just jump on the mics and magically things are just done. Oh, it took no. us years <laughs> to get to the point that yeah. it, you know, because we originally, um, I just burped, and I'm really hoping that nobody <laughs> heard that. <laughs> We hear it on Straight Talk all the time. And I'm like, I can either ignore the fact that I burped or I can call it out because somebody's going to have heard it. Anyway. So years ago, Molly and I got together and I picked her up one day for uh, for lunch. Yeah. And um, she was living really close to me after she left her husband and she was sort of going on these sexual escapades. I picked her up at, at noon and she was dressed in like super cute clothes and looked super hot. And I'm like, where were you? And she's like, oh my God, I had two dates already. And I'm like, what? It's noon. <laughs> um, she's like, yeah, I made out with the guy at the coffee shop. And then I considered a blowjob in a parking lot, but I didn't do it. I'm like, oh, well, good for you. <laughs> so then we went to lunch and I said to her, I think there's something here. I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's called dying for sex. And it's about your journey. And she's like, do you think that's interesting? I'm like, Molly, you're the most fascinating person I know. But she didn't think that she was that fascinating. She really? was just navigating her life. So we started hashing out this idea and we pitched the idea for about a year to production companies and to TV companies. And we were like, it's a TV show. It's a TV show. And people were interested, but nobody want, you know, nobody put their money where their mouth was like yeah. most people. They're like, it's a great idea. Yeah. Let's think about it. And I'm like, okay. So then we met up with another production company called Bold Souls, which are some friends of mine. And they, they tried pitching it and they had no luck either. And they finally said, why don't we just record a podcast? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I do a podcast <laughs> once a week. I love podcasting, but like yeah. another podcast. I know, right? <laughs> right? I was like, oh God. They were like, let's create something around it. And then I'm really happy and grateful that I followed their lead. And we sat down and we recorded for, um, you know, 10 episodes and we just had it. It's just sitting there and we didn't know what to do with it. And right before Molly got into the hospital, I considered self-publishing it because I thought, I just want to get this out here. Like, I want to get it out into the world. Like, she's sick and she's dying and, like, I want this out. And luckily, I tried one more time to reach out to Wondery um, mm -hmm. and turns out, this is a good lesson, so listen up, y'all. <laughs> turns out I had sent them the email the week prior and I thought, wow, I guess they weren't interested in the show. Mm -hmm. Turns out they never received my email. So oh. I resent it and said, just making sure you got this. And the next day, the CEO, Hernan Lopez from Wondery, called me and said, I'd love to meet with you. Let's do this. You know I'm cold. You know it, don't you? From the people behind Shrink Next Door, Dirty John and the Moment comes Dying for Sex. A new podcast about feeling alive in the face of a terminal diagnosis. But at the time, it was like, hey, fine, come over. What are you going to do? You know, kill me? I'm dying. And making human connections on a primal level. So we're fooling around. You know, we have some fun over the clothes. And then she wants my pants off. 
as a gentleman, I oblige. <laughs> and in the face of all that, what it means to be a friend. You are, you're one of those people that makes me want to want to live. Oh, yeah. I love you. Okay, let's get back to the sex. <laughs> so the lesson is like, if you send a really important email and you think like, what's the harm, right? What's the mm-hmm. harm in saying, hey, just double checking that you got this or hey, haven't heard back. Like if I would have self-published, I would have missed out um, on the opportunity to really team up with Wondery and kind of mm-hmm. put the fire underneath this. So that's the really long story of how it became a <laughs> podcast. But <laughs> but I just... <laughs> I figured, why not? What else are we going to do? We're all quarantined. We may as well talk. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) But Wondery did a great job with it. The way they did it. Jeez, it's so good. I can't can't express how how good it is. Like For people who haven't listened to it yet, who need to, um, it's just so well done. It's so good. So a lot of it does talk about Molly's sexual adventures. And how did you pick the stories of her sexual ventures, which ones would make it into the show? Oh, that's a good one. We, you know, I would just, we would sit on the phone for hours and I would say, okay, let's categorize them. Like yeah. what happened in cars, right? Like, so we oh, the guy with the, in the beginning, we were, yeah, the yeah. guy that under the light. Yeah. And his car alarm goes off. I was, I was listening yeah. to that episode at work and at, when, when we were at work um, and I was busting right. up at my desk. I was trying so hard not to laugh out loud. It's so good. Well, you it's might have so... to explain it a little bit I what know, you're talking but I don't about give it away. without giving it away. But I know. Well, for those of you who haven't heard, yeah, you should listen to the yeah. episode. I think it's episode two it's where episode two, not yeah. only does she have a sexual escapade in a car, something super funny happens. And then we actually do call the guy from the other side of the story. Like we get his side of the story. So it's pretty fun. Um, And that was unexpected too, getting these guys to sort of open up and reach out and, and be willing to talk about, you know, their, their part in this. So that part was interesting too, but we kind of separated them by like, okay, things that happened in your car, things that were like breakfast dates. Okay. Um, (laughs) Things that didn't go as planned, kinks and fetishes. Like we were just, we literally had. No, I, if you could see my notes from this, like my notebook that I had of like, <laughs> you know, guys, you know, uncircumcised penises, circumcised penises, um, guys that uh, you jacked off in a car, guys that wanted you to hook up with their girlfriends. Like I, the list that I have is like, I wish I could take pictures and show it to you guys. This is so. It looks like I'm the dirtiest, dirtiest girl in the whole world with my notebook. Oh my god! Uh, but think- yeah, that's how we kind of we started there, and yeah. then we just said, "Oh, this one's funny, and this one makes sense, and this one's kind of interesting." And there were so so many more which uh, we thought we'd get into in mm-hmm. other seasons, which we didn't get to. But maybe we'll find another way to share those. Yeah. Do you think some of because I know when it comes to like sexuality and sex talk, it's it's really still kind of taboo to hear women talk about like the kinky side. And all of that. Do you do you yes. think there and then and and was there any like um what's it called? Like um I forget the word, like flat not flashback, but like just people not responding positively to that aspect of the podcast. Oh backlash. Back- yeah, backlash. backlash. Why can't I think yeah, of that word? Did you say flashback? <laughs> I did flashback. flashback. I'm like, I oh. it's, there's so it's early. <laughs> We've been quarantined. You're like rhymes with flash dance. I know. <laughs> but any um, backlash from from that aspect of the of the show. And I let la- that was one of my favorite parts is just how 
honest Molly was about her sexual adventures. There was like no holds barred yeah. in the detail. Yeah, it was pretty amazing to watch. I mean, I think Molly was just one of those people, right? Like she just mm. was very um honest and open and non-judgmental. That's just how she was wired. But then you added the terminal cancer diagnosis yeah. to her life and she just stopped giving a shit really what what it looked like from the outside and just started living her most authentic self. So when you combine that with sexuality, super powerful and uh-huh. in a weird way, you know, I got a little judgy about some of the things like the urination thing. I was like, eh, and vomit <laughs> acting like I was throwing up. But yeah. now looking back at those stories, I'm like, you know what? Everybody's just kind of navigating their own yeah. way through their life. And sometimes things get sexualized and sometimes things become kinks and fetishes because usually you're working something out either from your past or you're working something out emotionally, like sexuality and emotions are very, very linked as we know. But looking back at how open and vulnerable she was about it and that she was, there were some kinks and fetishes that she was completely not open to, like didn't want any part of it, didn't want to partake in it. But what she did do with these guys is that she'd give them a place to talk about it, like express it. And she'd ask them questions and she was interested and fascinated, even if she wasn't willing to go there with them physically, she would at least give them a place to sort of kind of share their experiences and share why they enjoyed it or what they liked about it because she wanted to kind of remove some of the shame from it. Because like you said, women don't like women don't talk about this stuff. Women's Mm -hmm. sexuality is always very tied to the men's Mm -hmm. sexuality. And for, you know, for gay women and for for bisexual women and for anybody like this is a whole new like being sex positive is kind of this whole new idea but for women most importantly because i think for so long it's always been determined by you know when the guy takes care of business that's Mm -hmm. when that's when the porn's over right when the guy (laughs) comes (laughs) (laughs) um i'd love to see a porn where it was just about the woman's pleasure i know probably fall asleep (laughs) right and you're like what is this but it's, you know, I think the sex positivity and, and being really yeah. open and honest about your sexuality is, um, it's important, you know, it's, it's kind of important to hear a woman do that. How has it changed your viewpoint on sex and sexuality and fetishes after, after listening back to the show, especially episode four, <laughs> um, how, how has yeah. it changed your viewpoints on it? I think I've always been really compassionate to people that have experienced sexual trauma, right? And are trying to work that out in their life. Yeah. And then I've always been very compassionate towards just people that um, that are closed off that way and trying to find ways to open up. And sometimes they find that in the kink and the in the you know the fetish community to be able to like work some of that stuff out. And and I'm not saying that every kink and fetish is related to trauma. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't. I'm I'm not making that uh, that assumption, but. For those that are, I feel like maybe Molly's story was really kind of opened the door of, oh, there are other, we're all going through something, mm-hmm. right? We're all figuring our stuff out. Yeah. Um, but what I learned about myself was that, you know, I just, sex, you know, I've been in a relationship with my boyfriend, Tommy, for almost 11 years. Yeah. And we have a great relationship. We have great, you know, sex. But, like, sometimes it can get a little, like, oh, this is just what we do. And looking at Molly's life from the outside in, I was like, oh, there are so many options that I had never thought of. So it's kind of trickling its way into <laughs> my sex life. Uh, and I think it's maybe trickling its way into other people's sex lives yeah. because just subconsciously you pick up on things and you're like, oh, I never thought of that. Or, oh, that's interesting. Or, But I loved also some of Molly's stories were just, I made out in a car with a guy yeah. for like an hour and a half. Like, when's the last time you just made out with someone for an hour? Like, 
That's amazing. That's fun too. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love the story yeah. of the guy who comes to the hospital and visits her. Oh. Oh my God. He Isn't sounded like such that... a cool dude. <laughs> what did you think of that story when you first heard it? Well, I didn't know where it was going to go at the beginning of the episode. And I was like, but hearing him talk about, um, his interaction with Molly and how he felt about her and how genuine he was, I was like, oh my God, that is so awesome. Like he was genuinely into her and cared. And right? then when you called him afterwards and gave him an update about Molly and how emotional he got, oh my God, that was I know. Oh, it was so good. I know. Wasn't that such an amazing yeah. like I know and I would have never guessed that when I first spoke to him I would have never yeah. known I didn't know where it was going either so you guys kind of were along for the ride yeah. with me which I know isn't wasn't that amazing I know I'm so glad you guys get it and it was in <laughs> the way Molly told it it was funny but yet very just touching that was the one thing I yeah, love right? about the show there's so much heart in the goddamn podcast <laughs> it's not just funny and entertaining there's just so much heart in it and it just makes you thank you. I good. love that. Oh, yeah. she would be so happy to hear that you feel that way about her story because if you really listen, um, there's a little point in episode six, which is, I mean, oh. like I'm not gonna, oh I'm not trying to toot my horn because this is not about me. I cried like a baby. Right, but she yeah. is. That episode can really change your perspective on things, mm -hmm. on life, on death, on love, on forgiveness, yeah. on how you see the world. I have to say there's a little point in episode six where she shares a really poignant thing that she says to me that makes me cry every time I hear it. And then you hear the, like we stop recording quote unquote, but yes. I'm still recording. I move the phone away and she goes, and I say to her, that was so good. And she says, and she goes, was it? And I think in that moment, you still realize that like, she's wondering if her story. Yep is going to affect people. And she, she has no idea how much it has. So when you no say idea. things to me like that, like that, it has so much heart, yeah. like that fills up my heart because that's all she wanted was for her story to help and change people in the tiniest of ways. Yeah. Um, and I, and I'm just so grateful that it has, it has. I mean, I, I know my friend who's a firefighter, he's like a firefighter does all this. And he listened, he got turned on to the podcast um, and we were talking about it a couple weekends ago and just how good it was. Cause when I was like, Oh, Nikki Boyer's coming on the show, he's like, Oh my God, you got to ask her this and this and this about the podcast. Oh, but one my of the God. things there he... are firefighters listening. To <laughs> yes. <our show. laughs> yes. And That's one amazing. thing he was saying is like, he goes, that made me think about it. He's like, I feel like I know Molly. I feel like I want to go hang out oh. and get a drink with Molly. Yes. And I was like, that's how I feel yes. by the end of it. Like she's like somebody that I knew and, like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, oh. I love that. The one thing that when you brought up episode six was um, Mo when you ask, when Molly talks about how she, she's already left her body, like she's on a different frequency. That to me was so yes. fascinating. It's like, yes. she was prepared, like she already knew. It was, and the way she explained it yeah. and talked about that, it just gave you hope in a way, like hope that. You know what? This isn't the end. When that, when all of our time comes, this isn't mm -hmm. the end. And I just found that so fascinating. That conversation she had about being on a different frequency when it came. Yeah. Closer. 
And I, I think for me, yeah. like it, it, it feels like that's what the show's really about or what mm-hmm. that's what the podcast really is about is because you're like, well, what is it? Is it about cancer? Is it about dying? Is it about sex? And it's really not, not really about no. specifically all of that. Those are elements of what you, you presented with it. But it feels like, you know, dying is something all of us are going to go through someday. So it really isn't necessarily focused on that, but it's what she needed to, to do to become whole yeah. or to come back yeah. back around. So for me, it, it was that. And then it's also, like Tony said, you feel like you get to know her. Yeah. And so it feels like mm. this is one friend's tribute to her best friend yeah. so that everybody could get to appreciate her life the way that you did. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. That's really like, I, I kind of want to steal everything that you just said <laughs> and use that in my future interviews. Cause right. that's so yeah. About the becoming a whole. Yeah. That's it. Could you write that down? And I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. Yes. That's but it. But also it. too, with the podcast, it's yeah. not just Molly's journey. It's your journey too. And okay. we get to hear a lot Aww. of that, especially yeah. the way, episode six ends it's oh my god i was like i was crying so fast but that's that's the other fascinating part i think people may go into it especially listening to the first few episodes going this is molly and then halfway through you go no it's not just molly's story it's nikki's story too and it's and i'm like i wonder now like how are you doing now like now that it's out in the world and you're getting this huge reaction and people are loving the podcast like How are you feeling with it? Thank you for asking that. I feel everything. Like, it's so bittersweet. I have a little bit of that sort of, like, survivor's guilt, you know, where good things are happening and you feel like there's the person that you want to share it with is not able to, like, kind of, I don't know, like, enjoy the success and the excitement around it. But I also feel like this is, I, I very much feel like she's with me like very much so, like oddly with me. Like I, I just feel her presence in oh, my soul in a way that's just very unique. And I think going through something like that with someone for months on end, being in their hospital room with them every day, every other day, and really walking someone to that point in their life mm-hmm. um, is such a gift. And so for all the people that are out there that are caretakers, I know it's hard sometimes. I know it's frustrating and it can be difficult and messy and it feels like your life is sort of stopping and but if you're caretaking for somebody or you're helping someone go to that you know that end of their their life journey Mm -hmm. just really bask in it and one thing that my boyfriend was really amazing at doing was kind of keeping me really present to what was happening like I'd get I'd get home and I'd get overwhelmed and he'd say just go to the hospital and just go be there. That's where you're supposed to be right now. So for anybody going through this or that may go through this and just have compassion for everyone and just tune into the fact that this experience is life changing. And if you can be there for someone during their, their final times, like do whatever you can to be a part of that moment. Cause it's, it's life changing and it really yeah. gets you clear about what is important and what is, I don't know. Just what is important? I mean, it's just so simple. And I totally forgot the question that you asked because now I'm rambling. What did you I, say? <laughs> <laughs> I even forgot it. I was too busy listening to you. <laughs> so I don't even know what I was talking I about. 
How? I'm doing way too many edibles at night, apparently. Because uh, what else are we like, going to do? Yeah, what right. else is there to do? Same here. So. I was like, what did he ask? And then I was like, what am I talking about? But... Oh, no, just how how it's just changed you, especially, I think, at the end of the episode of the show, you do talk about how it's actually changed your viewpoint on death, too, Um, which is is interesting because somebody because you started the journey with Molly and you've seen her all the way through. Um, So how now when you look back on on death or God forbid this this comes up again, would you handle it differently? Would you go into mm. uh, this type of situation the same way, or would you go into it different, knowing what you know now? Oh, that is a good one, right? Because yeah. I'm really happy with how things went. I'm really, I'm really grateful for the experience that she and I have together. And I don't know if I'd actually change anything because, in some weird way, I feel like it went exactly the way it was supposed to go. But I think there are some days that I would have maybe stayed a little longer. Or, you know, you're going to make fun of me so hard right now because Molly and I were obsessed with the Backstreet Boys. Okay. <laughs> and she was a really big snob when it came to music. But for oh, some really? reason, the Backstreet Boys, were that was our jam. So they were playing in Vegas for like a few years or something like that. And we kept saying, oh, we should really go. We should really go. And we never went. And I have to tell you, like, my one regret is that I didn't just throw her in the car and take her to a Backstreet Boys concert. Like, what was I waiting for? And I think if there's anything that can come out of this is be really present with the ones that you love. And if there's something on your quote unquote bucket list that you're waiting to do, like, do not wait. Because don't wait for a terminal diagnosis or to feel like it's the end of your life to start living. So what are you dying to do? What have you been dying to do for years or months? And do that shit. Like, Mm -hmm. just do it. I mean, it's really hard right now with the quarantine. But (laughs) I do believe that after this quarantine lifts and everybody, you know, months from now, five or six months from now, I think we'll all have this sort of new lease on life of like everything feeling really valuable and really important. Like if there's something you want to go do, then go do it. If there's a relationship that you're in that is toxic and it's not working for you, get out of it. If there's something that you're in that's working and amazing, then water that plant, like Mm -hmm. just live it and love it and do it. If you're going to do it, really do it. But what are you waiting for? Right. What are you waiting for? (laughs) I, I think that was my big takeaway, especially after listening to the last episode and the way the show show ends it was it make it gives you this feeling of like god i gotta do something i gotta just do something yeah and and hearing you say that i kind of went through something similar recently because a a friend of mine um we we would meet up once in a while um and just catch up on life um over the years and so we'd go Mm -hmm. out for dinner we would talk so he messaged me um a while ago and said, uh, we need to get together. Let me know. And I'm like, okay, I know. And I never had time. I didn't, you know, things came up, you get busy. And, and then he passed, right. he passed away before we ever did it. And then oh. I feel regret about that because I had no idea. Um, the next time I oh, actually got to gosh. celebrate him was at the service. And right. so I hear exactly what you mean. You, yeah. You get it. Don't you? Yeah. Don't take moments for granted. Um, if there's something you want to do, go do it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry about your friend, but I love 
the lesson that you got out of it Mm -hmm. and how you're sort of using that to write. Like he would be so, your friend would be so proud to know probably that you are taking that lesson and like using it to make your life fuller and better. And that's, that's, that's how we, that's how we take, you know, the the shit and turn it into something nice. I luckily had those moments with Molly, but it does happen often where people that we love just all of a sudden, poof, like you're like, they're gone. And, um, but the one thing I have kind of learned is that even though they're gone, right, like they're physically mm-hmm. gone, there is something, I don't know what you believe in, whether it's God or the universe or heaven or whatever, but there is, I definitely feel like, you know, this, uh, this Present. vibration of yeah. something on the other side more strongly than I've ever felt before. And part of that is because I've, I lost my father and I watched yeah. him die and he's been very active in my life. Like every medium that comes on straight talk with Ross mm-hmm. and does a little mm-hmm. like little stint on the show always finds my dad. So there's, oh, I so do true. believe that, that we can stay connected with them, right? Like there's yeah. a connection. So I think something that's really interesting to do is sometimes just quiet ourselves and be still and just try to connect with people that have crossed over and gone to the other side and just, just think about them. And that's in a way like spending time with them, like just thinking of them and their faces and what their hands looked like and how it felt when they hugged you and what it felt like to hear their voice. Like if you just spend a little time with them, I feel like in a way you're still getting to enjoy their, their presence in your life. So try that. I think that's kind of a nice thing to do. Yeah. So when I finished listening to the show, the first thing I thought, and now like seeing the success of the podcast um, and how people have responded to it, I always wondered what would Molly be thinking right now? Like what would she, her reaction to all of it be? She would be in heaven. <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> she would be, literally, um, yeah. she would be dying right now. Like she would be, she would be, over the moon because she would be loving that. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about this. We're like, what if this gets released? And like, what happens if everybody hates it? And she'd be like, oh my gosh, what if? And we'd be like, what if everybody loves it? And she did say once, you know, it's, it's interesting when you put yourself out there, like really put yourself out there. And she lived a pretty private life because she kept her cancer very private for many, many years. Yeah. And she didn't love the attention that cancer brought to her. But I think she would love the attention that this whole story would bring mm-hmm. because it's not just about the cancer. It's about the whole experience, the sex, the intimacy, yeah. the love, the vulnerability, the messiness, finding out that sex maybe wasn't the answer and looking for love. Like she was willing to really open herself up like fully. And I think knowing how this has affected people and how it's helped other people open up, she would be just thrilled and just beyond words. She would just be so excited about it. And I feel like in a way she's getting to experience it and getting to be a part of it from watching sort of from afar and being sort of detached from it in a way. I actually did go to a psychic. Oh, you did? I went to a psychic. Yeah. And I asked her directly and actually the psychic used to work with Molly. So I felt a connection there. And the psychic said, she is very excited and thrilled and loving this from afar, but she doesn't feel the same attachment that she did when she was here. Like, it's gotta, it's gotta go well. It's, it's, it's my identity. She said Mm -hmm. she's very grateful and she loves it, but she doesn't feel like, um, as attached to it, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's maybe because she has a she has a bird's eye view perspective now that she maybe didn't have at the time. But yeah, but if you think about it too, what a legacy to leave! Like, 
this is always going to be out there, her story now through the podcast. Like, just to leave that behind, I mean, oh, God, I would wish for that. <laughs> and for it to have been done so well. Are you there? Oh, did we lose her? No, I'm here. I'm oh, here. you're there. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Can't you hear us? Wait, where did you? It, like, went away. You guys, like, went away for four seconds. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, so like, did what's you. What's happening? <laughs> Maybe what was, that was Molly. It was oh, Molly. Oh, my God. That was Molly. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Right? Oh, God, that's so that bizarre. Can't happen. <gasps> that's right? so like weird. You were gone, I was gone, and then we yeah. were back. We were like, uh huh, something was going on there. <laughs> she's letting us know she's here. Listening, yeah. <laughs> I was saying just what an incredible legacy to leave. Like, for Molly, like leaving this podcast to just be there and, and her story to be told, and just how many people have listened to it now and are connecting with her. And they don't even, they don't know. know her, but from the podcast, like with me and my friends and stuff, listening to the show, how connected, like you feel with Molly now. And oh my That's God. Funny, I, I, like She would have never expected we were all going to be sitting here talking, saying her. her name. I mean, how many times have we said her name I in the podcast? <laughs> like alone, right? Like this is amazing. She is, yeah. the, this is rippling through the universe. And I think it's, um, I think she had a hard time be- feeling heard and seen in her life as an artist, yeah. as a writer and trying to figure out her way in the world as we all do. And what a great way to leave it. Be like, right. Like leaving the world and being like, Hey, here's this amazing story. Let me just, let me just drop this off. Like she dropped the mic so hardcore. It was so really hardcore. funny. Like it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. What is, yeah, um, that's pretty cool to think about that. It is. I, I mean, mean, I really geez. do feel like that was her letting us know that she's here with Watching. us. Listen. That's crazy. Yeah, that's I know. Crazy. So, what is? Isn't one that of, weird? It is. <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> she approves. She approves. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what is one of the craziest um, sex stories that didn't make the show? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, because um, the ones Molly tells are pretty. Like, I was just like, oh my god, good for her. Good for her. I know, right. I know. Right. <laughs> there were a couple that I can't share because I think um she asked me to keep them private yeah. because um because you know she didn't want to expose the people that this was about but yeah. there was some stuff that people were presenting to her that were just think of the craziest scenario that you could come up with your mind in your mind about like oh how do I say this without <laughs> blowing the wad um like people like oh incest kind of stuff like uh. siblings yeah and she was like oh hell no but was very interested in just hearing their story so that kind yeah. of world which i find to be just what like what i you know um, it's weird because i have an identical twin brother and when we were in our 20s and we're both gay and we would go out to the bars all the time oh my god people that was like one oh, of I the first things were- yeah, and I'm like, are you kidding? That's my freaking brother. No, that's disgusting. But it was so surprising how many people were into that. It's so weird. Right? I know. It's kind of fascinating. Like, yeah, that world. You're like, didn't know it existed. Yeah. And I don't really want to know about it. Thanks so much. So there was some stuff in that world. There was also a, um, a gentleman that was a uh, a clown. So she, you know, and they would have sex and do things while he was dressed up. So one time I came over to her house and she had makeup kind of smeared on the side of her face. And it was on her clothes. And I was like, where were you? 
Oh what my god. Where, where are you? Can this girl and live? So, yeah, there's some fun ones. Exactly. I'm like, what? Um, so I want to hear that there story. There were some stories. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> More to come, hopefully. Right. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there were some fun ones in there. And then there were some guys, like, <clears throat> some old boyfriends that kind of yeah. resurfaced, right? Like, yeah. resurfaced into her life once they saw her on Bumble, Bumble and Tinder and all that. Um, old boyfriends and also a lot of people that she was communicating with um, that I then later reached out to to try to see if they wanted to to be interviewed or be yeah. a part of the show and I got very harsh responses because oh, really? my intuition says that they were probably married. Oh, um, probably. Yeah. You know what yeah, else they is were really like, okay. fascinating what? is Molly's, Molly's own journey with sex because at the beginning it's this carefree let's have so many sexual experiences let's try everything but towards the end of the podcast she's looking for love and i found that so interesting that it what was fulfilling her at the beginning of the show it completely changed Mm -hmm. throughout the journey and at the end it just was her viewpoint was so different and it was so interesting to watch her go through that yeah that's amazing yeah no i'm so glad you you brought that up because i think that's really important it just for her sex was the, the entry point, for lack of a better term, <laughs> sex was the entry point for everything, right? But yeah. it really grew into something. But in order to get to where she got to, she yeah. had to go through that sex stuff. So yeah. the people that were sort of giving the backlash or the, or the flash dance mm-hmm. or whatever the we call it, the people that had the flash dance about it, yeah. I don't think that they knew where the story was going to go. Because yeah. I could see where the judgment would come in, where like you leave your husband, you go have sex. You, yeah. is this really what, is this really what you want? And my answer is yes, it is what she wanted. So mind your own like business, exactly. right? We all have our own ideas. If you don't like it, that's fine, but you got to give people the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes they have to get a little messy to mm-hmm. get to the other side of it. Yeah. And I think Molly's sort of going through her sexual stuff and her journey might've been her figuring out her mess to get to the other side of it to go, okay, I went through that. I got to experience that. And now here I am. And what I really want is a relationship and love. But she couldn't have gotten there without the sex. Yeah. It's like, I think she was robbed of her sexual escapades in her early years. Which, which she you'll goes into. sort of understand once you listen. Yeah. yeah. And so she was trying to reclaim some of that. And I think everybody's journey is, is very different. I think one of the hardest um, parts of the show to listen to was um, her relationship with her mom. Because it was, it yes. was just so up and down and... And I'm super, super tight with my mom. So just imagining going through what I did with cancer, not having my mom there or pushing her away. I don't know if I could have done it like Molly did. But then hearing her mom's side of the story kind of made it understandable. You're like, okay, I get why she did it for Molly did it for it's from what I got from it for her own self-care. She had to do that. Distance herself from her mom. Yeah, I think she had to figure some things out and um, and they had, you know, a very complicated relationship um, through the years. And I think um, sometimes the people that are the closest to us, right, and the, the people yeah. that, you know, they, they, they can sometimes be the ones that cause us the most heartache and the most hurt. Um, but they're also the people sometimes that we need when, when times are the hardest. So I think it was a dance between the two of them. And I think yeah. towards the end, she realized that she wanted to really mend really truly meant things because she knew that there was there was no time left right like she yeah. knew it was time so uh, that journey is really tugs at my heart too like the mother-daughter journey or the yeah. parent-child so journey is just really in- intense 
There's so much in I know, the podcast right? <laughs> now that like we're talking about. I'm like, God, the podcast goes like to so many levels. Mm-hmm. Wow, you're right. Oh, you're right. You 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 you've kind of shined the light on how layered this is. I don't yeah, think it really is. I realized until like sitting back, like how much is in it. There really is a yeah. lot. In six episodes, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny. Like, um, after I listened to the whole podcast, of course, I go on and look at all the reviews because I'm like, oh, I wonder what if other people are feeling the same way I do after listening to the show. And they were. And then you see those reviews that weren't. I was like so mad trying to hunt these people down and be like, you need to stick it out. How dare you say that? I got so mad about it and like so defensive. Like, how dare they? Uh, but it I does. only love that you were like ready to fight. For I us. was. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, I'm gonna look them up, and I'm gonna. They need to listen to the whole thing. How dare they? I was getting all. If you're, and then I was like, you know what? That's a sign of a great show. If it has that big of an effect on you, it's a sign of a great show. So uh, but, true. No, you're right. There's, but I have to say, after episode six was released, I have heard nothing except yeah. positive reviews, and it, which is a good lesson. Like. You might want to not make it's a good a lesson it's a good lesson on assumptions right yeah like making an assumption when you first meet somebody or you first have a conversation with them mm-hmm. and then learning like the real story and i think with molly it does get it's like an onion you know that gets peeled oh, so true. and there's so many layers to it and i think if you you know it's only six episodes it's not god i wish like it was 25 longer. episodes you have I to was... listen to but that's yeah i was so what? bad that i wish it was just longer i really do yeah. That's such a compliment. That's Thank the you. one thing that like was real me when I was talking to my firefighter friend about it. That was the one thing we were both like with the podcast, like, God, I wish there was another season, another two or three or four seasons. Oh, that yeah. is so nice to hear. Like it really is. Um, thank you. And you know, we're trying we're working right now on other ways to share Molly's story and other yeah. platforms. So um just I guess my 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 thoughts around that are first of all, thank you. I, that's the biggest compliment ever. When somebody wants more, um, also uh, there's going to be more to come in some yeah. way, shape, or form that I can't quite discuss just yet. Yeah. And also, her book—that's what wrote, I was going to ask you. <laughs> um, is yeah, okay, yeah. She's she wrote her book. I have it. I'm currently trying to navigate that road um, mm. and figure out what the best way to get it published is, and if we need, you know, we need to add some stuff to it, some more story, and just make it. Yeah, um, you know, make it ready for public publication. So I will keep you guys posted on that because a lot of people have reached out about her book. How has it been going back and now with the podcast out, going back and editing the book and then reading it and doing doing it with, I guess you could say, reviewing it when without her here? How has that journey been for you? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's been interesting. I read her book before, mm-hmm. um, but now after reading it, sort of in a different space, uh, a year after she's been gone, it's, um, it's like, I'm still learning about her, right? Like every time I reread it or I pull something apart that she's written, I get a different layer to her, which I think is the beauty of what we leave behind, right? Like leaving something tangible behind for people to, to have. So it's been interesting because I'm starting like in a weird way, not to sound like airy fairy, but I feel almost closer to her now than I did before because yeah. there's such a an intimacy that we shared. Plus I'm also like, I have her phone and I have all of her writing. Like I have everything that was the most important to her. I have. So wow. um, 
like her phone is right here next to me, next to my bed, which I just revealed that I'm laying in bed while I do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoops. Um, but her phone is just like every night before I go to bed, I'm like, oh my God, that was her. That was what she touched every day and every night. And like, yeah. I still have that. And, and I just, I don't know. It just, I feel definitely like um, a sense of closeness to her that, that, and, and, and uncovering things. So it'll be an interesting next year for me because yeah. even though she's not with me, I'm still sort of carrying the torch of her story in different ways. And I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I think anybody who listens to the podcast is going to be excited to see where it goes. That there'll be hopefully yeah. <laughs> more more Molly that we get to explore. That just reminded me of part of the podcast when you called the guy um, in the car and you asked him about Molly and he thought it was the drug Molly. (laughs) 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 Oh my God, right? I remember laughing, thinking, well, yeah, what would, I mean, imagine that somebody that you hooked up with three years ago, right? You find out that that person somehow is not here anymore, but through their friend, it's like, hey, Remember your this girl you made out. Remember this guy you made out with like yeah. three years ago in a parking lot. And, you, and there, his brain was probably like, "What?" But the <laughs> yeah. fact that he just dove into the interview yeah. made, made me love him even more. Do you still talk to the guys that you interviewed for the show? That's a that's amazing. Yes, I'm actually I feel like connected to them. Like we stay in touch. We oh, are so cool. communicating regularly. We text each other. One, uh, in fact, George, yeah, who's the hospital guy, yeah. just said, "Hope you're doing okay during this quarantine." I'm like, "Sending you love. Hope you're okay too." Like, yeah, oh, we're keeping. So he cool. keeps in touch, so it's kind of nice. I know that's so right? crazy. <laughs> but that's so. I cool. know. <laughs> uh, what yeah, do you guys know, off right? of um, off of the topic of dying for sex um, with straight talk? What are you guys doing now that you're in the quarantine? Are you guys going to be recording, or how are you guys handling? Oh this? my god, I was just texting. We were on a group text, and if you could see the group text that exists between me, Fagzy, CJ, and Rob, we have one for our show too. <laughs> right? We so we released um, we released an episode just a couple days ago. I yeah. think that we um, the, we individually did from our quarantined homes, and then yesterday I was just talking to Ross, yeah. and we may do something special um, for the Kiss Kiss uh, the Kiss Kiss Club members, um, which are the people I'm, that go yeah, to Patreon. Are you a Kiss Kiss Club? Yes, oh, I, I can't am. even say it. Kiss Kiss Club. Click <laughs> Click Club. Yep. Kiss Kiss Club. Yep. Um, the Click Click Club. Don't go there. That's a totally different website. Yeah. That, the Click Click Club. Don't go there. The Kiss Kiss Club is definitely um, where to go. But we're doing. We're going to do some video um, content for the Kiss Kiss Club, oh, and then yeah. we're also going to continue doing um, audio content from our quarantine home. So that'll I, be a hot mess, but it'll right. be fun. You'll you'll get something, right? Exactly. That's what we got to figure out how we're going to do. Here, yeah, because right now it's just Tony and I every I day, all day. <laughs> <laughs> every day. Well, I love your listen, you guys. I love your podcast. Oh, I love, you. I want to come to San Diego and like be with and hang out with you guys and yes. do this together. I would love that opportunity. Yeah, I have a story about we, me and Rob actually met you and Tommy. It was a few years Wait. ago. It was like, and you were the first post on Rob's Instagram he's ever posted. Yeah, and okay, I have to tell you that I let you down. You just don't know it. So, <laughs> yeah. Wait, was, tell me, tell me what happened. It was at, um, actually, it was at one of the live events for Straight Talk, and it, it, it was, was at, at Two Cans, Two in Cans Palm in Palm Springs, a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, and I yes. and I was a fan of Tommy's music actually, and your guys's cardboard oh cutout music, and so Tom. 
Tommy was sitting at the bar and I was telling Rob like, oh my God, that's Tommy Field. That's Nikki's boy. I, and, and his video for one of his songs pops up on my YouTube playlist because I love the song. So when I'm cleaning the house, his song always pops up, which is so oh, weird. So that's God, why I, I love was, this. I was like kind of a little bit fangirling over Tommy because I'm like, oh my God, I listen to his music and all of that stuff. <laughs> and so I went up to him and was like, I know this is probably really weird, but I, I really like your song and the, the cardboard cutouts. And then we and then when he we talked to him for a little bit and then um we said hi to you and then we took a picture and put it on Rob's Instagram and it was the first post he's ever posted. Was no. Yeah. Well Way. Yes, and actually I didn't even know it because I was used to posting things for who invited her. Yeah. So somehow you had my phone. I don't know how that happened. I don't remember how and that so happened. I'm like, I know I've been posting. You're like, you're like, you've got nothing on here. I'm like, <laughs> I swear I do. But well, come to find out, I've never actually nothing. posted it under my own account. So you're like, well, I'm gonna be the first picture on your Instagram. And now it's become a bit in the show. We check yeah. in on Rob's social media. Wait, every hold episode. on. Oh I, my god. Where do I, I see I, this post? How I've do I only see this got like right ten more pictures. If since you go, then. what is your what is your Instagram, Robbie? For those listening, it's R-O-R-Y-C-O. Yeah. <laughs> I'm horrible. R-O-R-Y-C. Okay. Wait. Yeah, he has like there you only, are. Yeah, 200. Oh, my He's God. Why to... am I not following you? I'm following you back now. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's... I remember this moment. Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys are so cute, by the way. I had I remember at that um, event is when I really got to talk to CJ. And then we kind of stayed in contact after that event. And then when he started his podcast, and I always like picked his brain as like as far as like, okay, what what can we do for our show? And then he came down to San Diego and he did our show. Um, and he was so good. Oh, he's so Isn't such a he cool just, dude. Just delicious. I yeah. just love him. Him and Fagsy. And Fagsy was, I think, one of our first guests because I I find Fagsy hilarious. Like, he <laughs> I know. cracks I, right? me I know. up. Um, but when he came on, we just talked and talked and talked and talked about so much that it was like over an hour. And I was like, oh, my God, you got to come back on the show because we could talk forever. <laughs> he And he's another one who has such a fascinating story. Like his life and everything is just so fascinating to me. And I loved when you two were though? covering um, Straight Talk when Ross was on the tour and doing the book tour. <laughs> and it was just you and Fagsy. Fagsy and I have, I mean, first of all, I talk to Fagsy every day. We're kind yeah. of codependent. Like he's, <laughs> I talk to all of them. But Fagsy and I, like if we, sometimes I'll just be like, hi, it's me. I can't talk, but I needed to hear your voice. Bye. And we hang up. But like I, but the, the, I want to say to you guys, now that I'm putting all of this together, like I yeah. know who you guys are, but I didn't <laughs> know that you guys were these guys. I didn't yeah. put that in. Like I knew you were you, but I didn't know you were you. Like, so now I'm like, oh my God, duh, you guys. I remember you. And yeah. I remember thinking, first of all, how handsome the two of you were oh, and then you. how uh, sweet and kind and loving you are just for just being so supportive. And, the straight talkers, which I'm, God, I'm yeah. you know, I know there's a crossover audience between dying for sex, between who invited her and straight talk with Ross. Like we're kind of all in the same family. Yeah. But how amazing so cool. is it that we have these people, these yeah. listeners that are supportive and loving, and we all feel like one big giant dysfunctional family, like so grateful for all of you <laughs> so and true. you guys included. So thank you. Thanks for being like, 
part of just this group of people that make life feel good. Thank yeah. you. I don't know. Thank you for doing both of the podcasts. Right. <laughs> and I've said it on our show many times that like when I decided to do Who Invited Her, a lot of the influence I got was from Straight Talk because I'm such a Aww. huge fan of that show. And it's like a combination of Straight Talk and a, other, a couple other podcasts that I've always listened to that kind of influenced what we do here in San Diego, seeing that we're the only ones here in San Diego that are doing it, right? which is nice. <laughs> but yeah, like I, for anybody who hasn't listened to Straight Talk, go listen to Straight Talk. It's so good. It's so funny. Oh, it's a little, it's, it's a little bit of a hot mess, right? That's like what I love such about a it. Fun, hot mess of a family. Not as much a hot mess as this one. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> God. <laughs> And I always feel you bad for You guys have a Ron. great show. And whoever does your website and your graphics and all of that shit, yeah. that looks amazing. It's Rob. Well, I do the <laughs> graphics. Tony did the website. We, yeah. we, we're we actually planning to redo the whole website. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I. that's like you said at the beginning, like for people who don't do podcasts, I don't think they realize how much work goes into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Right? Yeah. I know. It's, it's a lot it's, of It's, it's more than you think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. But I'm so glad we got to chat with you today. I am so grateful, too. I'm just telling you, they're replacing the roof on my garage right now. I live in a rental house, so it's not my problem, and I'm not paying for it. But if you could hear what's going on in my house, I'm about to have a panic attack, and you guys have given me an hour of fun and conversation. And I have to say, thank you so much for the break, because I was about to lose my mind, so this could not have come at a better time. Thank you. What What are you and Tommy doing to get through the quarantine? Um, we we also have Tommy's daughters here. Yeah. So my stepdaughters are here. I have a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old. So we've house. been just sleeping a lot, um, a <laughs> lot of sleeping teenagers, a lot of eating teenagers, wanting meals, right? Like everybody wants to eat all the time. Yeah. Um, but we're going for walks. We did take a drive yesterday. We've been really abiding by the quarantine because it's really important for everybody to do their part. Yeah. So because if you're not part of the you know, you're not part of the solution. It means you're part of the problem here. Exactly. So we've just been really very, very still and not going anywhere, not engaging with people. We went to the beach the other day for like 45 minutes and somebody started walking towards me and I ran from them. I was like, that's what, that's not six feet. The person looked at me like I was crazy and I was like, come on, pull it together. Right. So that... we've been, and but I, oddly enough, I've yeah. been busy. I've been doing press for the podcast. I've been doing voiceover work. So I'm really busy, but everybody else is just kind of lounging around and trying to be creative. What are you guys doing? We Well, last night with the crew from the podcast, we did a, what's it called, Google Hangout and had happy hour for like four hours, That's <laughs> which amazing. was so much fun because it's like, what else are we going to do? Um, that and then yeah, just right. getting stuff ready for podcasting. We have stuff coming out because we're trying, we're moving over to video too, which is a whole nother beast. <gasps> I'm like, oh, God. oh my god, that's so exciting! I know, and it's I know it is an oh, there is an oh god element, but that's it also is. so exciting for your fans. Yeah, yeah because they've been <laughs> asking for it, and I've been putting it off because I think people think like there's a big crew running the show, and it's not. It's just Rob and I, <laughs> and we work regular like, nope, jobs. So, like, I'm like, no, we don't have like this isn't what we do all day. <laughs> but yeah, I so know, it's right? like get, being busy with that kind of stuff and just checking in on yeah. family and making like calling them and making sure everybody's okay. And my brother lives in New York and he had just moved there in December for a job. 
Um, oh, after, yeah. man. And he got, like, the dream job of HR director for the public theater. So he's all excited. And then now it's just, like, we're talking to him yesterday and this morning. He was just like, it's so weird in the city. It's such a weird, like, vibe over here. I'm right sure. <laughs> yeah. And he's I like, know. I don't know if I'm going to have a job. They shut down the theaters and all this stuff. So I'm like, oh. And it's like he's so far away from the family that he's feeling it right now. So I'm like, oh. Well, I'm sure. Oh, we got to send him some love. Oh, that's so hard to be away from family. I I know. know. I keep, you know, I think about like, I, like Ross always says, like go to gratitude yesterday. I was having a little bit of a pity party for myself just for like five minutes. And then I stopped and I said, oh my gosh, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my fridge. I have someone, you know, laying next to me. Like there are people that are quarantined that don't have a roommate or a partner or family. And there are people that are really struggling right now. So for any of you out there that are feeling very, that are feeling very alone, like reach out, even if it's social media, reach out to people, DM people, ask for help, be okay saying I'm lonely and I'd like to connect. Like I, I just feel like this is our time to really take care of each other and and be there for each other in any way we can. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's super important, especially if you have friends that are single and not near their family and they're stuck in their their house all by themselves. (laughs) That's got to be tough. I know, and I, yeah, I thought about also the people like I even thought about the LGBTQ community and what yeah. you know the, the the like the young kids that are you know in the process of trying to come out oh, and they're stuck at home with their like parents and they're feeling like they can't be with their community where they most feel themselves and what yeah. that must be like being sort of stuck in their homes. Like I've I've really been thinking a lot. <laughs> like I think this time is really yeah. like way more than I should, but like thinking about people and their circumstances and what that must be like for for people that are in toxic, horrible relationships, like you're stuck in the house with the person, you know, just, I've been like, I've been really thinking outside of myself. And I think that's an important thing to do right now. is just kind of think outside of yourself and and be okay with where you are. Yeah. About like people who use the gay, the LGBTQ community, especially going out to the bars, not just to go out to the bars, but that's a safe haven for them where they can feel normal in themselves and they don't have that right now. So Oh, that's just, I know. Maybe we should do like, yeah, some sort of like a hangout or a, a, I don't know, a Facebook page or something. I don't know where Where people people that are feeling, yeah, I don't know what that looks like, but something, Something I'm I'm sure they're all, I'm sure they're starting. Somebody's got to be starting. I know. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you, Nikki. (laughs) Honestly, you guys, I just, from the bottom of my heart, first of all, thank you for just being awesome people. Thank you for listening to the podcast and being so supportive and, and for helping tell Molly's story because this is, it's just been really important to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for anybody, they, they need to go listen to dying for sex. It's such a good show and it's so well done. And I just think you can take something away from it. From for everybody, there's something there for everybody in the show, and you can listen to it anywhere you get podcasts, um, and you can listen to Straight Talk anywhere you can get podcasts. Mm-hmm. Both of those are two, right? <laughs> two great shows and our show to get you through the quarantine. <laughs> How do you, we're just gonna keep having like we should have you guys on as a guest on Straight Talk? That would make <laughs> that sense. Would be Duh. I know Come we've. On. I think we've interviewed everybody on the cast. Well, we no, actually did. We, Ross has been on our yeah, show, Yeah, we did re-interview him at DragCon. I remember that. Yeah, yeah briefly for like a couple That's minutes. Amazing. So the only one that hasn't been on here is J-Rod. J-Rod, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He would do it in a heartbeat, Oh, him, I miss He's him on amazing. the show. 
I miss him on the I show. Know. I want to find out about his feet, if they're better, yeah. if he's tried yeah, any yeah, sauces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. I want to find out his body. I know. I was like... better. That's my favorite quote of the show. <laughs> oh, my God, you guys. I love you. Listen, I will come back on anytime. I yes, will absolutely. Come. I, was, I love you guys. So thanks for having me. I'm sending you a big old kiss. Especially when Molly Molly's book comes out, I definitely would want you back on to talk about the book and promote the book because I can't wait to read it when it comes out because I think anybody who listens to Dying for Sex is, is going to be a great addition to the podcast once her book comes out. Well, thanks out. for saying that. Yeah. I will keep you posted. I'll let you know. And um, Yes, and how do people find you, Nikki? Yes, it's really easy. Just at Nikki Boyer, N-I-K-K-I-B-O-Y-E-R. That's on all social platforms. And that's how I'm just kind of getting everything out there about dying for sex. But if yeah. you are looking for the podcast and you're, in, you know, you don't know where to look, just go dyingforsexpodcast.com and that'll take you to every link that you need. And of course, Straight Talk with Ross. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) And we're going to have a link for Dying for Sex on our website. So if you guys want to listen to the podcast there, you can just link it or get the link there to listen to Dying for Sex, which is really good. I can't can't express how impressed I am with that show. So... And it's only six thank episodes you. plus a bonus, you guys, so don't miss it. Wow, oh my God, you guys, thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 Yeah, she's so nice. I just love her. Oh, she was, that was so, oh, I can't express how thankful we are she came on our little show to talk about her shows. Um, it was just such a good episode. And for anybody, go check out Dying for Sex, the podcast. It really is well done. Like I had told you, Rob, it reminds me of the movie Beaches. I know. I was just going <laughs> to say that. They're like the modern day beaches. <laughs> but you can follow the podcast at who invited her underscore podcast on Instagram. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at who invited her podcast. SD. I keep forgetting. Or email us at the gang at who invited her.net. And today we're going to leave you with um, a song by Nikki Boyer and Tommy Fields. Not one of the ones I talked about, but this is Hide and Seek, and I love this song. And I wish they would do more music. I love that. Yeah, it's so good. I know, but this is what we're going to leave you with, and we will see you next week, you guys. Bye, Bye everybody. So why you want to take it away? Why you want to play this game? Why you want to make me count to ten? Because I'll find you. You're going to want to let Your voice in these few states, just your way. I'm sitting here and wondering when it all went wrong. You shared all your deepest secrets. Are you feeling scared now? What is going on? You said that you were into this. So, why you want to take it away?